Hello, and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the podcast where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this podcast is to be a source of inspirational truth that will awaken a deeper hunger within you for the fire of God to burn brighter and hotter in your life. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering system of the temple, and it also reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that will help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame. This is Keith Collins, your host, and I am blessed to be back with you again this week. I trust that you are walking in the purposes of God and that the Lord is using your life for His glory in this hour of of history. We find ourselves in a very challenging season. There's been many challenging seasons throughout the history of the human race, but it seems like there are some times that things escalate more and sometimes darkness seems more darker and evil seems more evil. And I believe that we find ourselves in the midst of that type of a season. So let me encourage you to be faithful. Let me encourage you to be diligent. Let me encourage you to be perseverant, realizing that your life matters in scope of in the scope of history, in the scope of God's heart and God God's plans. Our lives matters. The Lord uses humanity. He uses men and women, young and old alike, in order to execute his purposes in the earth. So that's the primary reason that we're here. We enjoy the blessings of God, the favor of God, family, friends maybe careers, ministry, all the things that we do. However, the the ultimate purpose for us as we are followers of Jesus is to be salt, to be light, to be a city that's set up on a hill, to be an uncompromising voice of truth in an hour of decadence, darkness, perversion, um, in an hour where there is an antichrist spirit that is ravaging the nations. I live in America And um, my nation needs Jesus. The church in America needs revival. The nation needs another spiritual awakening. And we need God. We need Him more than we've ever needed Him before. But I know this. There is a prescription that the Lord has given us. And that prescription is that we are to humble ourselves. We are to seek the Lord with everything that we are, we are to turn from our wicked ways. And when we do this, according to Chronicles, the Lord hears us and He forgives us and He heals our land. So I know that, again, it's a dark hour, but I also know that we have been born, we have been called, we have been ordained and anointed by the Holy Spirit for such a time as this. So again, let me just encourage you as I come to you, at the, at the outset of this program today, just to be faithful, faithful, faithful to what the Lord has called you to do. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me this week. 
the last three weeks I have been dealing with a subject that's very near and dear to my heart. That is the subject of what it means to hand down or to bequeath a legacy. And when I say legacy, I don't just mean good memories. I don't just mean um, nostalgic things or things that we reminisce about. But I'm talking about instilling into the next generation, into our spiritual children, our natural children as well, instilling into them something that is alive, organic, tangible, living, breathing, and I hope you hear what I'm talking about, not just the ability to go to church and to um, do Christian activity and to have Christian language and to to do all the things that are, um, you know, pretty much expected of anyone that claims to be a Christian, but there's a lot of people that can live an exterior noble, even an exterior apparent holy life. However, they really don't know the Lord in an intimate way. I'm reminded of a story um, today where John Wesley um, had come to the United States of America many years ago, the 1700s, of course, when Wesley was doing ministry and when the Methodist church was birthed. He was an Anglican and God really dealt with him and became really the founder of the Methodist church. And at that time, of course, it was a fiery evangelistic, I believe, apostolic movement that reached continents and, and really the the message of Jesus, the message of salvation, purity, righteousness, holiness, this message was spread near and far. Um, however, it's interesting to note that John Wesley was a very pious, a very religious man, a very astute, noble man, and he was very dedicated to religious activity. He was very de- dedicated even to the ministry. He was part of a group at Oxford called the Holy Club. George Whitfield was actually a part of that group. And they literally would um, meet regularly in order to almost test each other regarding the the level of holiness and purity and piety that they were living in. So, you know, there's understanding in that, and some of that could even have good merit. However, we have to be careful that we're not just so focused on our exterior appearance um, while we don't really have an intimate relationship with Jesus. So when I talk about legacy, and I'm going to probably finish this subject today, but when we talk about handing out a legacy of of intimacy with God, we're talking about really knowing God and impacting others through that relationship, that divine union that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. So John Wesley was a, a noble pietist. Um, he was uh, a holy man on all accounts. However, he went to Savannah, Georgia, to the Savannah, Georgia area, which at that time was part of colonial America, of course. And he had a, uh, a heart to minister and to reach the Native Americans. Um, based on what he said, he didn't feel like he was very successful. So he comes back to England and gets on a ship and um, begins his journey home. And on the way home in the Atlantic Ocean, somewhere in the Atlantic, they came into the midst of a strong squall or storm. And and he, he had obvious fear then, and he, it... It struck him that there was a group of people on that ship known as the Moravians. And um, we know the Moravian missionary movement that was founded by Count Ludwig von Zinzendorf in Germany. And that that movement sent missionaries around the world. They literally had a hundred-year prayer meeting where they prayed um, for 24 hours a day, seven days a week for a hundred years. And out of that prayer meeting, um, missionaries were launched around the world and really brought the message of the gospel and also 
there seemed to be um, an awareness of God among many of the Moravians. They, you might, some might call them uh, mystical, and some people, I think, misconstrue that that word. The word can actually be good. In other words, they had a a depth of a walk with God that seemed to be somewhat mysterious, and they were. Many of them were very close to the Lord, and they gave themselves for the work of the ministry and for the cause of the cross of Christ. So Wesley's on the ship on his way back to England from Savannah, Georgia region of America, um, or colonial America at the time. And somewhere on the course back home, again, they came into the midst of a strong storm. Fear struck John Wesley's heart, but he noticed that the Moravians did not have fear or no apparent fear, and they were literally... Um, if I'm remembering exactly right, they were literally worshiping the Lord and praying in the midst of the storm with no fear. And this really impacted John Wesley, and he made it through the storm. They got back to England. It wasn't too long after that that <clears throat> he was in a meeting, um, a church-type meeting in England, and he talked about his heart became warmed. And it was at that season, at that time, that Wesley really believed that he was truly born again of the Spirit of God and really experienced grace and experienced the love of God in a deep transformational way. And he credits this, some of this, to his influence. Uh, or to the influence that he received from the Moravian missionaries. And the Lord obviously used those Moravians in order to to leave a lasting imprint on his heart. So my my point is this. You can, you can live a life that many people look at and say, man, he is so holy or she is so holy. And they don't say this. They don't watch this. They don't go to this place or that place and whatever. And you can look at those type of lives and you can say, man, they're really living holy lives. And let me just qualify something. I believe if we are truly born again, then our salvation will live from the inside out. And I'm not talking about legalism, but I believe that, that we have to be different. We don't have the same language as the world around us. We don't get entertained by the perversion that entertains the world. We don't allow ourselves to um, to partake of things that are anti-Christ and anti-God in nature. And, and we, we live separate lives. At the same time, we are loving, we are joyful, we are faithful, we are reaching out to a lost and dying world with, with love and hope and the message of the gospel that that um, we refuse to compromise. So, so we need to understand that, um, that, of course, a holy exterior life always accompanies a true salvation experience, and we are even discipled into some of these areas. I'm not talking about, again, legalism, which is really rules without relationship, but I'm talking about surrender, commitment, faithfulness, being sold out to Jesus Christ, a lifestyle like this, leads to even an outward holy life. So so when I'm talking about legacy, again, I know I've kind of emphasized this the last three weeks, but just want to say it again. Um, you know, what the generations on the earth need now um, is an example of someone who really knows Jesus and not just lives for the Lord, but is able to take people by the hand, so to speak, and walk them into their relationship with God. I'm, again, my, my scripture throughout this time has primarily been 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, where the Apostle Paul um, tells the church at Corinth in his letter to imitate him or to follow him just as he imitated or followed Christ. And 
again, such a powerful, important scripture. And when we read that again, we've talked about this, and I won't go into a lot more on that verse because we've, we've hit it pretty hard over the last three weeks. But again, Paul's not just telling us to be religious and preach because he preaches and pray the way he prays. No, he's literally saying, listen, I am living the way that Jesus lived, and I am living in his presence. He is my source of everything. Therefore, imitate what I'm doing. So he's inviting the readers to to come along with him in his walk with God. And again, this is so, so important. Last week I talked about the prayer life of Jesus and how Paul was even inviting his readers into an intimate place of devotion and prayer and intimacy with the Lord. And I just wanted to kind of open up today with um, um, some scripture out of the book of Luke, Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. Familiar story here of Mary and Martha, but I want to read it to you again because I think there's something in this story that we need to, to not capture or get but something that needs to capture us and get us we need to to feel the um the theme of what jesus was trying to emphasize here um, regarding mary and martha and their roles and the way that they approach serving the lord so listen to verse 38 through 42 of luke chapter 10 it says now as they went on their way jesus entered a village and a woman named martha welcomed him into her house And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Now, one thing I have learned over the many years of studying the Bible as well as teaching the Bible is that it's important to recognize the way that a character or an individual is introduced. So listen to the way that Mary is introduced again. Mary, it says, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Teaching. I believe the scripture is trying to show us something. There was something about Mary that was so drawn to Jesus that literally she was at his feet and listening to every word that he said. She lived in a posture of devotion unto Jesus. But listen to what it says. But Martha, so this is Mary at the feet of Jesus listening to his teaching, but Mary was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister, my sister Mary, has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, or I could say it this way, the necessary thing, which will not be taken away from her. Now, there's some things that that I want you to see in this story today. And many of you have already seen this, I'm I'm sure. But but listen to this again. Um, Mary's introduction is at the feet of Jesus, listening to his teaching. Martha's introduction is doing good things that I'll say they are necessary. I mean, we, we have to serve adequately. We have to be people of hospitality. Martha was obviously a hospitable woman. She was very um, focused on and concentrated on the um, practical things of having Jesus in her home, 
maybe the 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 feeding of Jesus, um, you know, making sure that everyone was was comfortable and that everyone had a, a proper place to rest. And these things are important. However, when we read the scripture and we see the the drastic comparison between these sisters, the Lord is trying to show us something. The Lord even tells Martha, listen, you you, you care about things. You're anxious about things and you're troubled about many things. But listen, there is one thing, Martha, one thing that is necessary. In other words, there is one thing where everything else must flow from. So here we have a picture of a woman named Martha. Very faithful, very dedicated, very hospitable, very works-oriented. However, her works were obviously the primary thing in her life. And then we have a picture of her sister Mary. And Mary's primary passion was to be near Jesus. Uh, I found something out. If I am faithful to sit at the feet of Jesus, to listen to his teaching, to be near him, to focused upon him to to pray to him to love him adequately then all the other things i have to do whether it be recording a program like this whether it be writing another book whether it be writing an article whether it be teaching in a bible college or traveling to teach or preach somewhere i have found that those things happen number one much more effectively number two much more powerfully if those things spring from my primary role, which is at the feet of Jesus. You see, this, this is the, the legacy that I'm talking about, that, that, that we're able to live in such a way that everything that we do, everything that we accomplish, everything that we um, build in life and ministry, it, it comes as a result because we're at the feet of Jesus. We are listening to him. We are close to him. So the Lord is not saying that what Martha is doing is bad. But what he's saying is what Martha is doing is out of balance. It's, it's out of sync, so to speak. It's out of sequence. In other words, this is her primary passion to make sure that the practical things are taken care of. Again, those things are important. There's even a gift of administration, a gift of the Holy Spirit. But even those that have the gift of administration must be able to steward their time at the feet of Jesus more effectively. And that has to become the single primary focus of their lives, or they just become addicted to activity with no real intimacy with Jesus. There are people that build great ministries. There are people that write multiple books and maybe um, do radio shows and podcasts and write articles. And, man, they can do so many things. Maybe they go around the world on missions trips or maybe they live in a foreign nation and they give, them, they give their lives to a, a certain people group. Those things are all fantastic. But can I tell you something? You can do every one of those things in a mode of nobility and even discipline void of intimacy with Jesus. Again, Jesus tells Martha, listen, Mary has chosen the good portion or the primary thing, the, the better position. And it's out of this position that Mary would be a more effective labor. Why? Because everything that she did, everything that she was, sprang forth from her legacy of intimacy that she had with Jesus. Now, I have known some people, and I've, I've shared over the last few weeks um, regarding some people that, 
that have impacted me in such powerful, powerful ways. And again, when I look back at their lives, it wasn't just that they had a powerful preaching ministry. Matter of fact, some of the people that impacted me the most did not have a powerful preaching ministry, but the thing that spoke to me, the thing that drew me to them, the the thing that that made me want to be like them is that they were close to Jesus. They they knew his heartbeat. They knew his voice. They they would come forth from his glorious presence and bring a word from heaven, a word from God that would impact my life in such a deep way. There were times, and this might sound strange to some of you, but there was such a tangible, weighty presence of God emanating from their walk with God that it impacted me in a very mystical, supernatural way. And it just, it caused me to hunger more and more and more for Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Do you leave that impact on others that you're in contact with? Or do you know someone that whenever you're in their presence, you want to be more and more like them? I remember hearing the story of Ron Herbonke when he had graduated Swansea Bible College in Swansea, Wales. And I've been to that that campus that Reese House started many years ago. And um, Bonke, Ron Herbonke was a student there. And after he graduated, he was walking the, I believe, the streets of, of, of England somewhere, and he, he literally um, came into the presence of one of the Jeffreys brothers and went into his home, and and, the, and this brother laid his hands on him, and the Jeffreys were used powerfully in, in the era of the Welsh Revival and had powerful revival, healing, um, preaching-type meetings, primarily, I think, preaching and conviction and the weight of God, but but just to be in his presence, just to have him pray for Reinhardt. I remember, I, I can't remember all the story, but I, I was in a, a meeting one time when Reinhardt shared the story down in Pensacola, Florida, at the Browns Revival School of Ministry. But he talked about how that was the thing that he believed was the the catapult that the Lord used to, to launch him into international ministry where tens of millions of people came to Jesus Christ through the message of the cross and through Ron Herbonke's obedience. But but the the legacy of intimacy that I think it was George Jeffries, that George Jeffries had with the Lord, the legacy of walking with God, the ability to lay his hands on Ron Herbonke as a very young man and to impart something into him that was tangible, that was real, that was organic, that was lasting. It wasn't just teaching him how to memorize scripture, and those things are very important. It wasn't just teaching him how to preach or to use proper um, homiletics, and um, it wasn't just teaching him how to how to start a a nonprofit organization and how to plant a church and how to get a launch team and the right music and the right elders in place. And, and some of those things are fine and we do those things and we live in that world. But no, that's not what he imparted into Ron Herbonke. What George Jeffries imparted into Ron Herbonke was a legacy of intimacy, a legacy of sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ. And my friend, I, I can't tell you how stirred I am Um in my time right now that I'm even with you today, at, at my age, in this hour of history, in this hour where there seems to be such a great um, falling away, we are looking at heresy, we're looking at apostasy, we are looking at a, a situation where there are those that at one time even preach truth and maybe even burn with a passion of 
for the gospel to be to be made known and for humanity to come to repentance. Now they have turned away from the Lord. We have major denominations that are ordaining homosexuals into the ministry. Complete violation of the, the principles of the word of God. We have entire groups of Christian people that that that, that love the the sound of Christian music, but they've never heard the voice of God. They've they've never come to true, deep repentance. There's there's no fruit of repentance. There's no surrendering of, of heart and life for the glory of Jesus Christ in this generation. And my heart burns. My heart burns radically, violently to 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 touch the next generation, to to be able to to, to leave a lasting imprint on spiritual children, on my own children. I've not always been perfect, um, but by the grace of God, we're still standing, and, and my wife and I, we're still pressing forward and believing for God to, to move in my generation, thanking God for what I've seen, thanking God that I was a part of the Brownsville Revival back in um, the, the, the mid-1990s up to 2000, thanking God for all the, the miracles that I've seen, for all the salvations that I've seen, standing in places like West Africa preaching to Muslims and watching many Muslims come to the faith of Jesus Christ, preaching throughout the world, Dozens of nations. Thank God for all of that. But friend, listen to me. My passion, my heart at this stage in my life is, Lord, use me as a firebrand to awaken hunger for you into those that I come in contact with. Friend, is is that your passion? Is that what, what burns in your heart? Are you hungry for Jesus? Or are there other things of this world that are taking his place? Um, John Piper said, desires for other things. There's the enemy. And the only weapon that will triumph is a deeper hunger for God. The weakness of our hunger for God is not because he is unsavory, but because we keep ourselves stuffed with other things. Those things can be sinful things. But can I tell you something? Those things can also be religious things activity, busyness. We get so busy sometimes, even in our Christianity, even in ministry, that that busyness clouds out our devotion life unto the Lord. And and we find ourselves going through the motions with learned Christian behavior patterns, void of the fire to be intimate with Jesus. Friend, th- this, is, this is a call for those of, that are listening today. Come close to Him. Sometimes you got to shut some things off or or get rid of some things in your life in order to come closer to him. Another quote from John Piper, he said, The fight of faith is a fight to feast on all that God has for us in Christ. What we hunger for most, we worship. You see, friend, it's impossible to maintain a hunger for more of the Lord when we allow our lives to be filled with distractions that continually pull us away from him. I, I, I want to close today by reading some scripture that, that deals with what it means, I believe, to be a normal Christian, because I don't think we understand Christianity until we understand that Jesus said, they that hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Friend, is that your passion? Is that the legacy that you're living in personally and that you're instilling to the next generation? Listen to this, Psalm 119.20, my soul is consumed with longing after your ordinances at all times. Isaiah 26, 9, at night, 
My soul longs for you. Indeed, my spirit within me seeks you diligently. Psalm 73, 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. Psalm 42, 2. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And one more. John chapter 6 and verse 27. Do not work for the food which perisheth. But for the food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. Friend, what are you working for? Are you working for a bigger ministry? Are you working for financial security? Are you working to leave a, a legacy of fame and fortune and popularity? Or can you say with everything that's in you, what I want to do is know Jesus and make him known in this hour of history. That is, that is the great need of this generation. Father, we thank you for truth today. I thank you for those that are listening. Awaken hunger and hearts around the world as this program goes out, Lord Jesus. Set our heart ablaze. Set our hearts ablaze for your glory to be seen in our generation. And Lord Jesus, do not leave us alone. Divinely disturb us today that we are those that will leave a living legacy of knowing you to the next generation. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, thank you so much today for listening to Maintain the Flame. If you want to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at keith-collins.org or you can also find us at impactgf.org. Dot O-R-G. God bless you, and I look forward to being back with you again next week on Maintain the Flame. May the goodness of God be your native air. In Jesus' name, God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins. I want to ask you to please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then please subscribe and listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about my ministry, please go to keith-collins.org or impactgf.org. Dot org.